you help me welcome Pastor Takoy Porter? Thank you, man. Bless you. Thank you. Well, hello, Bridgeway. All right, one more time. Hello, Bridgeway. All right, I feel better now. All right, so cl- I'm so glad to be here with you all on today when Lance said, hey, I got this idea, and I want you and your brother to come and speak um, to us. Uh, cover for me. Can you cover? Can you cover? I was like, cover? Oh, okay, sure. And, and so um, you know, today, actually, it, at my church, at Genesis Church, on the south side, I love the way he put, uh, put it, the south, uh, east, southeast side, but we're from the south side, <laughs> Sacramento. And um, um, uh, today happens to be our church's 26th church anniversary. <laughs> and, so, and so they're celebrating right now um, with that guy, guest speaker that uh, came in from Las Vegas to, to help us celebrate that. We will have three services on today to work that out. But when Lance said, you know, can you come over? I said, what better way for us to celebrate the body of Christ and the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Sacramento, than to partner on our anniversary with you. Amen? Amen. So, so this is what I need from you. This is what I need from you. I need you to, to, to make me feel a little like I'm on the south side. And so, and so, so with that, you know, our folks, they talk back to me. Yeah, yeah, like that, like that. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, so if you, if you give a shout out like amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Come on now, all that stuff. I'm down for it. It'll make me feel good. And I think you'll love it too. Amen? Amen. 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 Can we just put our hands together for the praise team and Pastor Jason and the staff and all that? I mean... So wonderful, so wonderful, so wonderful. Um, I, I just came to support the, uh, what's going on here with you at Bridgeway. Pastor Lance shared his heart with us uh, about the core values and how um, the year of identity, how that is so, uh, he's ingraining that into your life, your culture on um, this year and and just share with us all the great things you're about to do, the big moves you're about to do. And let me tell you, I congratulate you for what God is doing through you and in you. And I celebrate, congratulate. I'm, I don't hate at all. I love it, love it, love it. And I'm glad to be here with you all today. So I, I just came to support the great teaching uh, and preaching ministry that has been already laid here foundationally. And... um. And before I jump into that, I wrote this, this book called Faith to Innovate, Faith to Innovate. And I think it's so appropriate that I introduce this to you on today um, here at Bridgeway because I'm in a room full of innovators. I said, I'm in a room full of innovators. I'll say one I'm in a room full of innovators. Cre- Amen. Creators. And, 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 and this is a leadership book. I'm a, I'm a leadership guy, I'm a music guy, but, but I'm a 
I'm a pastor, but I'm a leadership guy. I believe in leadership, and I believe that everybody in here is a leader. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, hello, leader? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Not, yeah, that's how we do it on the south side. Yeah, on the south side. Hello, leader. And, and with that, you know, um, I believe that everyone has the opportunity to lead and to lead at various levels and at greater levels. And in, in order to be effective in your leadership, you've got to learn how to be an innovator, a game changer. How many game changers am I talking to on today? I said, how many game changers am I talking to on today? Amen, amen. And so, and so I wrote this book to inspire and to motivate and to give some tips on how to be a game changer, innovator in your life, um, business, school, church, family. And uh, I, I have it out here um, at a table, and I love to see you and, and, and share it with you uh, for a small donation. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and sign it. You got quiet on me again. What's going on? And all of that. So, and so um, well, we'll be there and hope we have time to, to just connect and, and, and hug. I heard, heard y'all like to hug over here. And so, I, I've been working out. I'm ready to hug. All right? All right. Are you ready? <coughs> Look, I'm going to talk to you about from partnership to Pentecost. From partnership to Pentecost. And we're coming from the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. <coughs> I'm not going to read it all to you. I'm just going to read only a portion of it. But um, the 10th chapter... Um, the stories is located in first in from verses one through twenty-three, Acts ten, one through twenty-three, and I'm just gonna read a portion of that just to introduce to give context to uh, what we're going to be talking about on today. So if you could turn with me to that, feel free. I'll be reading from the NIV version, Acts ten one, uh, going from one through eight. I like to say, when, when you have it, say amen. 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 All right. And, it's, and it reads as thus. At Sisera, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. And he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. And he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And one day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear and said, what is it, Lord? He asked, the angel answered, saying, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring, man, bring back a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called to of his servants and said, and an devout soldier who was one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. We're going to stop right there and move forward from Pentecost, from partnership to Pentecost. I want to start this sermon with a parable, a modern-day parable. And it starts like this. It asks the question, have you ever been to a balloon factory? No, I'm not a balloon factory. Well, well, it's, it, it is what you would kind of think 
it would be. You imagine it to be. It's, it's bright. It's colorful. Balloons, of course, everywhere. Every kind of balloon. And, and um, it's, 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 it's a, you would think it would be like Disneyland, one of the happiest places on earth. It's a balloon factory. The helium gets in the air. You know, your voice starts to change and all that. You feel a little giddy, feel like a little lightheaded in the balloon factory. But, but, but amazingly so, the workers in the balloon factory are kind of timid, afraid even. Because, because the last thing that they want to happen is for something to come in and disturb their balloons. And so, so in, in the balloon factory, you see, the balloon factory is uh, a steady work. It's, 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 you know, birthdays, anniversaries. The rush comes at New Year's or so. And so they like, the balloon factory workers like being in the balloon factory and didn't want anything to disturb their steady and predictable way. Because life in the balloon factory is, is pretty good. It's secure. It's steady. It's predictable. It's secure. It's steady. It's predictable. And, no one, and the balloon factory workers don't want anything coming in to disturb how things are done in their balloon factory. And so, and so they, they, they say, hey, we cannot have anything disturb us at all. And one thing that the balloon factory workers hate the most is, yes, you guessed it, unicorns. <laughs> yeah, unicorns. Unicorns are real. Yeah, the, the horse with the horn thing. Yeah, yeah. They can't disturb, they can't, they can't, they hate unicorns because unicorns, not, not only are they, they have pointy horns, but then they're big in body. And all that, and they come in and they stir everything in the balloon factory. So when the unicorns show up, unicorns show up, these disruptors show up. Um, they, the, the balloon factory workers, they go into panic mode. They shut everything down and say, you shall not come in and disturb my balloon factory. Because you shall not pop my balloons, unicorn. And so, and so, <laughs> and so, and so, and so, those darn unicorns, though, they find some way of getting into the balloon factory. Because they're unicorns. How can you stop a unicorn? And they come in and disrupt everything in the balloon factory. And balloons start to pop. God has not called us to be balloon factory workers. But God, that's it, come on now, has called us to be unicorns. Where are my unicorns at? Where are my unicorns at? Can you turn to your neighbor? Turn, I'm going to turn to your person sitting next to you. That's what I call neighbor. Turn to your person sitting next to you and say, neighbor. neighbor. This is how we go on south side. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Watch, out. Watch out. I might pop your balloon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
We're going to get it by the end of, of, of the thing, all right? And so, and so, so, and so this parable of, of, of unicorn and, and the balloon factory worker is, is one that talks about disrupting the status quo, of, 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 of coming in and being a change agent, of, of coming in and saying, I shall not have, I shall not uh, uh, stay within the status quo, but to be, but I've been called to be a leader of change. I've been called to, to break forth and, and, and disrupt some things. Disrupt some things. And, 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 and you didn't know this, but unicorns are in the Bible. <laughs> they are. They are. I'm going to show you one right here. Uh, 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 it's, uh, uh, um, it's in the story of Simon of Peter and Cornelius in Acts 10. And there's two characters there. You have Simon Peter, a man of faith and action. You know Peter. You've heard of Peter, right? Right? He was famous for being Jesus' special disciple. Right? You don't want to mess with Peter. The Bible says Peter had a temper and a, a, had a slight cussing problem. He really was not your ideal Christian. Uh, he cut people's ears off. He even denied Christ three times. Remember that story? Huh? But, but, but Peter was not only famous for his antics. But he was also famous for his faith. Peter was a man of faith and action. Faith to get out of a boat in the middle of a storm and walk out on water. Peter was a man of faith and action. Uh, he had the faith to obey Christ when asked to go out into deep waters after fishing all day long, catching nothing. And he said, I will do what you say, Christ. And he went out there and cast his net on the other side in deeper waters and came up with a boatload of fish. Peter was a man of faith and action. And Peter's faith was so powerful that when he was asked by Jesus, who do you say I am? He said, Peter said in faith, thou art the Christ the son of God. And Jesus says, Peter, you are the something. You are the something. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's Peter. And so because of Peter's faith, being a man of faith and action, uh, in Acts, the second chapter, we see on the day of Pentecost, we see Peter and 120 believers being filled with the Holy Spirit. We see Peter preaching to a multitude of Jews from every nation of the good news of Jesus Christ. And from this act of faith and from this act of courage, we see the birth of the Christian church as thousands of Jews accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Peter was a man of faith 
and action. Can you tell somebody, I like Peter? Oh, yeah, because Peter, Peter, he was a man whose faith produced, whose faith disrupted. Peter was a unicorn. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Yeah, he disrupted some things. He popped some balloons. So when Cornelius was, was, was praying, was praying to God, was praying to God about connecting with somebody, uh, was praying for a direction, uh, 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 who else was God going to send to Cornelius but Peter? For, for Cornelius, um, he was special in his own right. Uh, um, not much is known about Cornelius except that he was a centurion, a captain in the Roman army, and he had the reputation of being a godly man who puts his faith in action. Cornelius was generous in meeting the needs of his people, and because of his character and his uncommon belief in the one God of Israel, because most Romans at that time was polytheistic, in their worship, it's in a monotheistic, polytheistic means they worship many gods. A god here, a god there, a god everywhere. Huh? And, 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 and here's, here's this Roman soldier, this captain of the Roman army who chose to worship the one true God of Israel. And because of his character, because of his worship, and uh, the Jews liked him. They respected Cornelius. Cornelius was a good man. And guess what? Cornelius was a unicorn. You're catching it. You're catching it. You had me scared right there. Okay. A a unicorn. A unicorn. And 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 so while Cornelius is praying to God for direction for his family, what's my next step? What Can you show me what I'm missing? Or even to be more specifically correct, who I'm missing God says, you need to go and connect to partner with Peter. You need to go and connect and partner with another unicorn. The problem here is that Peter was a Jew. And Peter was not just a Jew, but he was a good Jew. He was a devout Jew. And the, at that time, Jews did not associate with Gentiles. Because in the Bible, at that time, the ritual, the custom of the Jews was you do not touch those things, connect with those things that are considered unclean. And at that time, the culture said that the Jews stay with themselves, the Gentiles stay with themselves, and there's no connection, there's no relationship because the Jews consider the Gentiles unclean. So Cornelius, Cornelius, he fell into the wrong category. He was this Gentile. He was a good man. He, 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 he was devout. He worshipped God. He was a unicorn. But he was a Gentile, and Gentiles didn't associate themselves 
different Jews. And so, and so God said, I need to work on Peter. Cause, 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 cause there's something that I need for him to do. I need him to get with Cornelius and all that. He won't accept him in the current state that he's in, the current mindset that he's in. And so the Bible says, about noon the following day, uh, when he was on the journey, Peter, who was hungry, went up on the rooftop to pray. And, 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 and I guess there's something about be- praying and being hungry, hungry being, and, and, and praying. And, and, and God said, okay, I'm going, I'm going to send a vision that connects with your state. And so he lays, the Lord lays out a buffet of food, of animals to him. And he says, take, eat, kill it, and eat it. The problem is, everything on the buffet was considered unclean. Y'all know the story. Huh? Unclean. Uh, and, and, and so Peter's like, oh, oh, no, 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 Lord, I'm not that hungry. I'm, I'm devout Jew, and, and I cannot touch that which is unclean. And God said, wait a minute, Peter. If I created it, huh, then it's not unclean. If I touched it, it's not unclean. How dare you call what I created unclean? Peter was like, Peter was like, I don't know, Lord. God said, Did you hear what I just said? Second time, if I created it, then guess what? It's not unclean. You have access to it. A third time, because you know Peter is a little stubborn sometimes. God, God said, God, Peter said, I don't know. God, God said, okay, for the third time, all right, three strikes, you're going to be out, Peter, but I'm going to tell you one more time. <laughs> if I created it, Peter, then guess what? It's not unclean. And then he says, now, go answer your door. Because there's somebody down there that you need to speak to. And so Peter gets up, and he goes, and he answers his door. How does this story relate to us? Well, well, we have to understand that God's plan is bigger than our problems. God's plan is bigger than our perspective. And what Peter didn't realize that the church that he birthed, the church that he started on the day of Pentecost, was, was much bigger than the 120, was much bigger than, than all the multitude of Jews that came into the church. God said, God said, I, 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 Peter, I allowed you to start this church, not just for the Jews, but for the world. For God so loved the world Amen. that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's good. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I fall under the category of whosoever. Is there anybody here that falls under the category of whosoever? Are you glad about it on today? Come on, let's praise God for falling under the category of whosoever. God's foremost desire is to redeem mankind back unto him. 
to save the world, which includes everybody, whosoever. And, and, and at first, Peter didn't understand that Christianity was not just a Jewish religion, but it also meant Gentiles as well. And if for God's plan to save the world was to work, then he had to go beyond the Jews. He had to go beyond his balloon factory. He had to go beyond his culture. He had to go beyond Bridgeway. He had to go beyond Rockland. He had to go beyond Placer County. Maybe travel on down there to South Sacramento somewhere. <laughs> what are you saying? God often calls us to partner with those least likely of us. People who are different than us, may not look like us, live like us, speak our language even. God calls us to partner with them because his plan is big. Somebody say big. big. Somebody shout big. big. It's bigger. I like that. It's bigger than what we can fathom. God is not scared of different. He's not scared of going against the status quo. So he's looking for people who will use their faith to be agents of change, to save a dying world and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. But before we can change others, we must first be willing to change ourselves. What balloons do you have to pop in order to fulfill God's mission of changing the world? We're all unicorns. But if we tell the truth and shame the devil, and we look in the mirror, we have to realize we all have some balloons that we must pop in our lives in order to fulfill God's big plan that he has for us. We need to pop balloons like pride and ego, that we can do this all by ourselves, like we're the only ones that can make it happen. We're the only ones that got the juice to work it out. We got to bust the bust the balloons of selfishness. Like this is only for us. Like this, the, this God is only for us. Peter thought that, that, that Jesus was only for the Jews. And he had to be convinced that no, 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 Jesus is for everybody. He's for everyone. He's for everybody. In your home, on your job, in your school, he, Jesus is for everybody. You have, to, you have to bust the balloon, pop the balloon of fear. We're saying, well, I'm not sure if I talk to that person, if I go outside my comfort zone, uh, uh, if I go outside my balloon factory, that, that they will receive what I'm offering, that I will be rejected. We have to, we have to uh, uh, pop the balloon of doubt as we enter into uncharted territory. Will this work? Is it worth my time? Is it worth my effort? Is it worth my money? We have to pop the balloon of comfort zone. Because, see, it can be easy to be comfortable where you're at. Especially when you're successful. You know, we only change when, thing, when trouble comes around. But it's easy to, to be comfortable in our success. But God said, I got a bigger plan. 
uh, than just your success. And he says, I didn't come to make you comfortable. I came so that you can change the world, so that you can be a change in it, so that you can be. You can be. Unicorns. How do we do this? The disciples asked the question, Lord, this is a big, this is a tall order. How in the world are we supposed to fulfill this mission, this commission? He said, he said, well, all you need is faith. Faith. If you have faith in God, you can do the impossible. If you have faith in God, you can see the invisible. If you have faith in God, you can have miracles in your life. The story concludes with Peter finally connecting with Cornelius. And, and, and at first, Peter, he's hesitant. He's at, he's at Cornelius' house with his family, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and he gets in there and he, he says, I, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do this because of Jewish law. You know, Gentiles are not supposed to associate with Jews. But, 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 but Cornelius said, well, you're here now, so you might as well go ahead and preach. <laughs> and that's when Peter started to realize something. God is not a respecter of person. If he'll do it for you, he'll do it for somebody else. And this is why you ought not get, you ought not get jealous when God blesses somebody. Somebody else, somebody else's home, somebody else's church. You need to celebrate them because if God will do it for them, guess what? That means he'll do it for you. I need somebody to shout, I'm next. I need somebody to shout, I'm next. Peter begins to preach. And as he preaches, Cornelius and his family begins to worship. And the more that Peter preaches, the more that Cornelius and, their fam and his family worships. Peter preaches, Cornelius worships, Peter preaches some more, and they worship some more. And all of a sudden, you hear a sound. I believe in my sanctified imagination. It was pop. It was pop. Can you help me? Pop. Pop. Yeah, pop. The more, pre the more Peter preached, pop. The more balloons began to pop. And, 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 and guess what? All of a sudden, uh, a, a, a sound of a mighty rushing wind came into Cornelius' house. And the same thing that happened in Acts chapter 2 with the 120 in the upper room with the Jews occurs in Cornelius' house. Pentecost happens. And the Holy Spirit falls. The same thing, oh my God, that happened in that second, with Peter and the Jews, occurs with the Gentiles Amen. at Cornelius' house. Amen. And we see here the moral of the story that when you go into partnership, it will lead to Pentecost. Something will happen. The same God that works in Rockland is the same God that works in South Sacramento. And guess what? The same God that works in South Sacramento works all over California. 
And the same God that works in all over California works, guess what, all over the nation, the United States of America. And the same God that works in the United States of America works in Asia, works in China, works in Japan, works in Africa, works in Russia, the UK. He works all over the world. What are you saying? Partnership leads to Pentecost. You are more than what you think. You are not a balloon factory worker. What's that? I'm a unicorn. What's that? I'm a unicorn. Is there anybody else that's a unicorn? Can you do something crazy? Around this time, a whole bunch at my church in South Sacramento, people start jumping up and shouting, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can make that happen up here. And she's a unicorn. Is there any other unicorns in the building? Come on, jump up and shout, I'm a unicorn. Come on. Come on, jump up and shout, I'm a unicorn. Come on, jump up and shout, I'm a unicorn. Make some noise in Bridgeways. All the unicorns, make some noise. You want change to happen? If you're a disruptor of the status quo, make some noise. Only by working together can we truly be the church. And the reason why I'm here on today, my brother was here yesterday, is because we know we can't do this by ourselves. No matter how good it is. How much, how, doesn't matter how great God works and moves at Bridgeway or at Genesis Church in South Sacramento. That's only a part of God's plan. God's called us to be the church, not a church. And so, so only together can we be the church. And only together can we be God's church. And only together can we all be unicorns. And you know what happens when unicorns get together? They create a stampede. Right? And you know what stampedes are? It's a movement. It crushes everything that stands in their way. And I came here to let you know that you are, you have been recruited to be a part of the movement. Amen. The movement of Jesus Christ. The movement to be disruptors for change. The movement to spread the good news of Christ all over the world. My name is Dr. Takoy Porter, and I approve this message. God bless you, Bridgeway. They said that I could pray. I could end this, my talk in prayer. And so I just, want, I just want those who felt inspired or maybe challenged by this message to, to, to work out your inner unicorn, to stand. And, and can I just pray with you? Can I just pray with you? Stand in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. 
Lord, I thank you for these people. I, like you, I thank you for the great work that you're doing here at Bridgeway. Lord, I thank you for our leadership, Lance Hahn and Susie and all the leaders here at this wonderful church. I thank you for their innovation. I thank you for their faith. And Lord, I thank you for this time, this moment. Lord, now I pray, Lord, that you release their inner unicorns to dare to go beyond the status quo, to be disruptors of change and to pop balloons. Lord, I ask you to take away anything that's trying to stop them from doing your will. Remove obstacles, remove lack, remove doubt, remove fear, remove illness and sickness, remove uh, cultural training, remove, remove doubt and fear, dear God, and we put in them a holy boldness. Lord, put in, there, in them Peter-like faith so that they can walk on the water, so that they can do miracles. And so that they can go and break out of their balloon factories and go where none others have gone before. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the connection. Thank you for these unicorns. And we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Bridgeway. Love you.